The Cal Halbert Podcast. Hi, everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Cal Halbert Podcast. Oh, this week, oh, I've got a belter of a guest here. I've got the one, the only, Hacker T Dog, everybody. I know, Hacker the Dog. That it is just crazy, isn't it? Completely crazy. And I've also got Phil Fletcher, the fabulous puppeteer, uh, who's on the get- uh, as a guest as well. It's just... Uh, It's one of these things where, you know, when you go, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that I am sat chatting to Hacker the Dog. Most of this podcast is just me laughing at Hacker because he's absolutely hilarious. I hope you enjoy this show just as much as I did recording it because it was absolutely hilarious. It was hilarious. It was surreal. It was incredible. I absolutely adored recording this podcast and I hope you enjoy it too. So here we go. The Cal Halbert Podcast. Well, I'm very pleased to say on the podcast today, the Cal Halbert Podcast, very clever name. I've got Hacker T Dog. Hello, Hacker. How are you? Hello, Cal. You all right, Cocker? Cal Halbert, eh? Oh, I've heard your podcast many times. <laughs> I'm over the moon that Hacker's on, but I mean, Hacker, I mean, you have got a personal what? assistant as well. You've got a personal assistant with Phil next to you. How, how are you, Phil? You all right? I'm all right. Yes, it's nice to be on a podcast with Hacker. It's not. We don't normally do the same podcast. <laughs> We're often well, on separately. Is that because Hacker's a diva? Are you, are you a diva hacker? Yes, I am, and I continue to be one because I'm the best at being a diva. So there. <laughs> well, Hacker, you've got to be the the most famous dog from Wigan, if not the most famous person from Wigan. I well, there's not many famous people from Wigan actually. There's me. There's Roy Kinnear, who you may remember as the voice of Bertha in the 80s. <laughs> and George Formby lived here for a while, but he's not from here. But he's got a statue in the shopping centre, and I haven't. So I've been speaking to the council about it. <laughs> they didn't get back to me, though, I'm sadly. Can't. Well, I, d- I think there's only what you should absolutely have a, have a statue, e- even if it's in I the know. pets at home or something like that. I wouldn't mind a statue of me next to George Formby going lavvy on his leg. <laughs> That's what I'm after. That's me aim. That's me long play. I'm playing the long game, cocker. <laughs> now, now, I know a lot of people don't know what type of dog you are, but you, you are a border terrier, aren't you? I'm a border being asked that question, <laughs> eh? <laughs> but yes, I am a border terrier. That's one of my standard jokes that I tell to people. <laughs> you're a you're a very uh, professional comedian hacker. That's why. But I've been on telly for a long time, cocker. I've been <laughs> on telly doing live telly for twelve years every day, every day. Twelve. Well, how old are you, hacker? Six. Six. <laughs> every day I don't for twelve do the years. Maths. I'm not Carol Vorderman. <laughs> Carol Vorder Terrier. <laughs> Well, I mean, we've got a, a, a mutual uh, interest hacker in that we both love tennis. Uh, we both love tennis. And I know, you, were you not the mascot for Wimbledon at one point? I like to chase the balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is actually, because I know you, you I, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but uh, you, you're rather don't fond. leave that to me. <laughs> you're rather fond of Sue Barker, aren't you? Well, who isn't? Have you seen her? Oh, she's handsome. She's got good legs. 
the best knees in show business. I always tell her that. She has got the best knees in show business. <laughs> yeah. Have you been to Wimbledon? I have. I have been to Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you been? Only the once. Ha! I've been 12 times. So there. <laughs> What's your favourite court? Uh, the middle one. The middle one. <laughs> middle court. That's what they call it in the business. Middle court. Middle court, yeah. Middle court. Yeah, I once went to middle court once. I watched Andy Murray in the semis. I've seen Novak Djokovic there. I've um, Who else have I met? Um, all the tennis people. Um, I'll tell you the people who didn't interview because they didn't want to interview me. The Williams sisters. They said no. Ha! Why did they say no? I don't know. Maybe they'd seen the Andy Murray interview and thought better of it. I can't blame them. <laughs> I've interviewed Andy Murray because he's got border terriers too. He has. Yeah, he has. That is very true. Very true. But how do you interview tennis players? Because, I mean, all the dogs that I know are obsessed with tennis balls. So how do you keep the concentration of an interview with all the tennis balls flying everywhere? They have to hide the balls. And if I can't see them, I can't chase them. <laughs> Are you fond of strawberries and cream, Hacker? No, not at Wimbledon at those prices. <laughs> Seven quid. My ripper. <laughs> Why do he's go to Aldi first, sneak some in my pockets, then sneak them in. Ha! You should set up your own uh, own stall, sell your own. I did one year. I set up a strawberries and bream stall. I misread the sign. <laughs> I was flogging fish and cream. <laughs> I did that once at Wimbledon. It's probably on YouTube if you look closely. Did it go well? Did you sell many? No, it went it went badly in the summer sun. It stank. <laughs> of course it did. But, it, but it, yeah, probably. Stank. It went badly. I don't mind telling you, Cal. It went badly. <laughs> and I'd be the first to admit it when I've had a bad idea, and that was one of them. <laughs> well, you certainly. Well, although that's one of the bad ideas, you, you are. One of the cleverest six-year-olds that I know. Yeah, well, I'm the best, aren't I? I've also been nominated for many, many awards. I've been nominated for eight BAFTAs, two RTS awards, and various other things I've never won. <laughs> well, I think you should win. I, if... I will. I dare say I'll get a posthumous one eventually. <laughs> That's got, I've got my fingers crossed for that. My... I don't have fingers <laughs> I imagine that my, not that my word means anything, Hacker, but I'll put in a good word for you. It does. It means a lot to me, your word. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know who I'd talk to about getting an award because I would quite like one as well. But I, I think it's only fair that you have one first over me. Well, if I get one, you can have it at weekends and bank holidays. Well, you know, Boxing Day is not the same as Christmas Day, Hacker. You need to remember this. No, it's better, isn't it? <laughs> I love Boxing Day. I love playing with a boxing. <laughs> That's why they call it Boxing Day. <laughs> well, see, lots of knowledge. I mean, because you came second on Masterminds, didn't you? Yeah, I was robbed there. Yeah, I was robbed there by a chef. <clears throat> that was another award that you were you were robbed of. I was on Pointless once. I got to the semi final, didn't win that. <laughs> there's no, there's loads of things I've never won. Don't you worry, I could list them all day. <laughs> oh, and I, have I think many I can... times. <laughs> I could list loads of things I haven't won as well, Hacker. But uh, let, me chat, let me chat to Phil. Now, Phil to Hacker, Hacker to Phil. Uh, are you... I've also won no awards. <laughs> We've got that in common, yeah. <laughs> so are you Hacker's personal assistant? Are you just his friend? Are you his tag-along? What are you? Well, I'm always very close. I'm <laughs> usually at arm's length. It's difficult to social distance. <laughs> you can't be two metres from him. <laughs> <laughs> as so, much as I'd like to be. <laughs> uh, how long have you been working with Hacker? 
12 years now. Yeah. But I've been doing puppets for 33 years. Wow. What was your first puppet? A puppet called Josh. It was a little blue monster I made when I was 11. Yeah. And I used to use him for years in live cabaret. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing puppet. I did puppet cabaret for 20 years. And yeah. then the BBC got in touch with me about coming into audition for Hacker. And yeah. I said, oh, God, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go to London. It's a bit of a faff. I got loads of gigs in my diary. Yeah. And they said, well, don't be hasty. Come and audition. So I, just, I said, I'll oh, go on. And I went down and got the job, and it was a four-month gig. That's all it was meant to be. Oh, right, okay. So why was it only four months? Was it just supposed to be... We were, we were filling in. It was Ian, do you know Ian Sterling? Yes, yeah, yeah. From Love Island and stuff. Well, he got the job as the presenter, and I got the job as the puppeteer. Mm-hmm. And Ian and Hacker started on CBBC in May 2009, yeah. and we were meant to be on for four months, while the other presenters were away filming a series. Right. And during that four months... We well the Wimbledon VT that I did in the July um, got really good reception, and Wimbledon played it at the end of play instead of the highlights of the day, and it just got millions of views. So the next day, Hacker was an overnight celebrity, really. Yeah, well that that's We've done absolutely... two months of nothing. I mean that that's in, insane, isn't it? That they've decided yeah. to choose uh, I mean, with no disrespect to you. I don't mean it like this. In that they decided to choose a. a a CBBC segment instead of the highlights of the day segment at the end of Wimbledon. Well, exactly. I can only assume it'd been a bad day's tennis, but <laughs> whatever the reason, it worked well. And then, um, and then Ian and Hacker got nominated for a BAFTA for best presenters, and we'd only been there three months. Wow, that's, that's and then they more or less then they just kept us on, and we've never. Uh, Ian left after four and a half years. I'm still there. Yeah. Ian went off to do Love Island and stand up and stuff. Oh, and Hacker where, stayed on. Where is he now? Hey, <laughs> he's doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> winning awards <laughs> have you got an interest in tennis that is that why no that... i'm never i hate it <laughs> i have no interest in it at all the only reason we went the first time was doing one of our sketches in the afternoon one of the writers wrote a sketch called uh how to train your dog by sue barker because it's got the word bark of in course it. yeah it was a simple throwaway gag then we went to wimbledon hacker became obsessed with sue barker because it got laughs, and we literally have done it ever since. But no, I have never watched a game of tennis in my life. I have no interest in any sport whatsoever. <laughs> and it's well, uh, to the to the annoyance of most people I know, because everyone would kill to go to Wimbledon. And I literally am the most ungrateful. <laughs> and when one year they said to us, "You want to watch Andy Murray in the semis?" I said, "No, I want to go back to the hotel bar." <laughs> Just leave Hacker. Just leave Hacker. Yeah, no, I, I really don't give a monkeys about it. And it, to, the, to the detriment of tennis, not interested. Yeah. And everyone cares. You can't, I can't believe you don't want to watch it when you're here for note. I just don't give a monkeys. <laughs> well, I suppose that kind of adds to the, the interview technique in that if you've got zero interest in it, you, you're it's not going to ask better. the same questions, are you? Yeah, always when I do a Hacker interview with a celebrity, generally I don't know who they are, or more often than not, I have no interest in them. Yeah. Um, and I never do any prep and I never look them up. So I literally always go in cold. Yeah. Um, underprepared, underrehearsed. And that is the best way for me. It works well back. And luckily, as a lazy, lazy get, I've got the perfect job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, do, do you feel you can get away with a lot with Hacker as well? I get away with murder. There's no way you could say the stuff you say with, to people as yourself. You get a crack. Yeah. And deservedly so. <laughs> Because I I distinctly remember watching I was watching Wimbledon because as I said I am a tennis fan and I was watching it and you've managed to make 
I've got a niece who is going to know who Sue Barker is now. Who she shouldn't have any idea who Sue Barker is, really. Uh, no, well, that's made a difference. We get a lot of kids sending in drawings to CBBC of hacker with Sue Barker. <laughs> Imagine kids drawing Sue Barker. It doesn't happen. It shouldn't happen. You're right. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Go, what? What? No, it doesn't. <laughs> and I think that's why Sue likes it because, in a way, you're perpetuating her audience as well. In a way. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a great thing. I mean, I I adore Hacker anyway. I find him so oh, funny. Oh, thanks, Cocker. I'm back now. <laughs> Sorry, Boring. Hacker. I, I forgot that you were there. <laughs> I just went back to my bag for a few minutes. <laughs> One of the distinct interviews I remember you doing, That Hacker. last bit was dead boring. Can you cut it out? It's boring, that. <laughs> I will do. Don't worry. Who Don't... cares about that? What? Boring. <laughs> boring, that. Rubbing. No one will listen to this. You'll be hemorrhaging listeners now, pal, with this. It went downhill shortly after I left that then. Boring, this. Who cares? Boring. Rubbish, I, this. I distinctly remember an interview that you did, Hacker, which was... What? Um, you were chatting with Sue Barker, and you were asking her uh, who, yeah. which tennis player smells the nicest. I know, Roger Federer. I think she said Roger Federer, and you said yeah, he smelled of smell pleather. Good. What does he smell of? Pleather, apparently. He does. Plastic leather. He does smell of pleather. <laughs> I once interviewed John McEnroe. Do you know him? John McEnroe. John McEnroe, I do, yes. And I said to him during the VT, why aren't you wearing any trousers? And he didn't know what to say. <laughs> and of course, the camera couldn't tilt down to find out. <laughs> because well, there had been a terrible sight under me. <laughs> Why wasn't he wearing any trousers? That's not professional for the BBC, is it? Well, I wasn't wearing any trousers either. But then again, <laughs> I'm not professional, am I? <laughs> but, but you're a dog, Hacky. You don't have to wear trousers. I know. And I prefer not to. <laughs> Particularly at Wimbledon. It's just worrying when they shout, new balls, please. <laughs> Let me ask you, Hacker, what's your favourite uh, What's your favorite TV show to host? Uh, Hacker Time. Hacker that Time. That is my show chat show and I love it because for several reasons I love it because it's my show and my name's in the title and every time they repeat it I get a few quid <laughs> and I like getting a few quid extra repeat fees thank you uh, equity equity <laughs> if you're listening which they're not <laughs> what do you spend your extra quids on meat paste and pictures of Sue Barker and not necessarily in that order <laughs> I love Sue Barker. She's great. She's better than a permanent marker, as the song goes, that I wrote. Sue Barker, Sue Barker, you're better than a permanent marker. Sue Barker, Sue Barker, if you were a fish, you would be a shark. Yeah, Sue Barker, Sue Barker, when you're not around, the day is darker. Sue Barker, Sue Barker, yeah, yeah, Susan Allen Barker. Very well done, Hacker. Fabulous. Thank you. Why is that not a number one hit? That's another award that we've missed out on. Yeah, it's not a number one, but has been described as a big number two in the past. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a harsh critique, Hacker. Well, I thought that. I wasn't impressed, but I said it's still on my CV. <laughs> you've also, have you not also done some football commentary as well, Hacker? I have, yes. And I also hate football. Think of that. <laughs> I did the red button commentary for the World Cup. And it did. It got be better listening uh, figures than stick Chris Miles's alternative commentary. And he moaned about it. And it was in the Times newspaper. <laughs> and what do I care about football? I was going, oh, look, he's fell down. <laughs> weird, isn't it? I get asked to do loads of weird things. 
I, I feel like I'm just a bit starstruck, hacker. That this is what it. This is what it is. You should be because I'm probably the best guest you're ever going to have on this. <laughs> I think you are. I think you're top of the list. Yeah, I am the best. <laughs> so there. So if if you're the, the best, people who disagree with that is BAFTA. <laughs> if you're the best Eight hacker, times. if you're the best, where would you put Phil on the list then? About. 18 inches below me, roughly. <laughs> that is how it works. <laughs> Hacker, tell me about your relationship with Dodge, your, your half-brother. It's me half-brother. Right, now, if you've got a half-brother or a brother, it's worth keeping them on side in case you need a kidney. <laughs> so always be nice to your siblings because you never know when you'll need, need a bit of them. <laughs> you need a bit of them. <laughs> I'm right though, aren't I, Cam? You Always are thinking true. Ahead. That, that I true. do play the long game, cocker. <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I completely appreciate that, hacker. I do appreciate that that you're going to want to always keep them on side because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, do you know Dodge? I do know Dodge. Yes, he's performed by my mate Warwick, who also performs Gonger on Sesame Street. Wow. And he was the puppet captain on the Dark Crystal Edge of Resistance wow. from Netflix, which I also did a few days on as assistant and background performer and stuff. Yeah. So I know, I've known him for years. We've known each other for about 20 years, long before either of us were doing telly. Mm-hmm. I used to make puppets and flog them on eBay when eBay was new. Yeah, and yeah. he used to buy them. So what, what was it that met. got you into, is it, is it puppeteering, puppetry? Puppetry, yeah, I'm a puppeteer and puppet builder. I've yeah. been doing it since I was a little kid. I literally have no memory before it. Mm-hmm. I've no memory of doing it, of not doing it. So I couldn't even give you any information on that. I've not a clue. <laughs> it's mad. It's an illness. <laughs> what is it about it that you that you like so much? Um, oh God knows. I've not a clue. I've not got any deep information. I just think, I just think it's a laugh. Yeah, it's a laugh. It's like people. Anybody in show business, when I mean, I'm quite a shy person, really, so being a puppeteer is just is a good way to get out there without getting out there in a way. Yeah. Now you're a stand-up comic act. Yeah, yeah, comedian impressionist. Yeah. See, I'm more or less. I consider myself to be that, but I wouldn't do it on stage as me. Yeah. No, no, that. It, so it I does... do gags and I do voices and I mess about, but I I like to be able to um, go into the Asda as well and not be mithered. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's, it's, the, it's the best of both worlds being the puppeteer. You, get, you literally get the fame and you get the anonymity at yeah. the same time. I suppose it is, it is that extra thing where you go, you could sell out a theatre, put your, well, your puppets are put away sort of thing, and then you can walk out the stage door and no one knows sort of thing. As I've done, before I was doing telly, I was a cabaret, I was a touring cabaret, I used to do theatres, holiday camps and all that. Yeah. And literally, you're right, at the end you can walk out the stage door and people are waiting there. And you just walk straight past them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. the it's the best of both worlds. It re- really is. It's the best job in show business being a puppeteer. Yeah. When, when you're make, you say that you make puppets as well. Do you make puppets yeah. to spec from from people, or do you just make some up that you want, or is it a bit of both? It's both of those things. I've got hundreds of characters in stock all the time mm-hmm. because I often hire them out to people who want to make a pilot or a music video or something, but they haven't got the cash to have something commissioned. Yeah. So I have a rental. Uh, system where i rent people my stuff i also build stuff to commission uh loads of my stuff have been on britain's got talent actually over the years right which i didn't i mean i i built patsy image remember that one yes yeah, yeah i do good old blue girl i built that puppet 
I built one for Gareth Oliver, which was a Pavarotti ventriloquist puppet that he used in the semi-final. I built that. Yes. So there's loads of my stuff crop up on stuff. Yeah. Is it kind of like where you go, because I do a lot of voiceovers as well, and sometimes I'll be walking around and my partner's watching telly and I'll go, I, I'm sure I can hear myself. Is he watching something? And then I realise it's my voice somewhere and I've, yeah, exactly. I've completely exactly. forgotten that I've done it. <laughs> Yeah, because everything's about a year out of flunter, isn't it? Everything's yeah. text ages. So all of a sudden you get people messaging going, I've just seen that on telly. I've got because I don't watch anything other than Cory. Yeah. <laughs> so I never see anything go out until I get a message going, I've just seen your puppet on XYZ or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you come up with a voice for, for your puppets? Um, you just do what you can do, what what doesn't hurt, mm-hmm. and then adjust that pitch, I think. Um, I've got quite a good range, so I can do high stuff, deep stuff. Uh, gravelly stuff um, and I can do impressions as well I do a lot of character impressions I mean um, and you, you must find that you just find where it sits in the in your range and then adjust that accordingly yeah 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 you're absolutely right in that there are certain voices where you don't want to do too long because they do hurt in that way wreck you, yeah or you do them in a certain order yeah so you do the you do the hard ones last otherwise it'll wreck the rest of your shoot yes <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah which i've also done over the years <laughs> oh, doing hackers quite gravelly and i also do a character called Derek mcgee in hacker time and he's He's got his voice goes up and down like that. And he loves owls. Yeah. <laughs> I love owls and my favourite bird of prey. <laughs> but one day I did a full day of Hacker in the studio doing all the songs. Then I had to do Derek and I couldn't do it. So I then on I said, I need to do Derek first. Yeah. Because Hacker doing that all the time wrecks you for doing anything that isn't got that roughness in it. Yeah. I, I, I I've had certain... called Will. Yeah, I've had certain things like that where you do, where you, because obviously, I mean, you've probably had the same thing in that you're doing impressions as well, as that you'll do a stand-in voice, so to speak. Yeah. And if I'm doing a Rod Gilbert, it, I have to do that last if I have to, because otherwise the grovel is at the back of the voice and you just, you've ruined your voice for the, for the rest of the day. It's a funny thing. You've always got to think as well. And when I do, in my job, if I'm pre-recording a song as Hacker or something, um, and you stood up at the mic as you would be in a recording studio, your voice doesn't behave in the same way as it would when you're lying on the floor with your arm up on under a desk. Of course, yeah, I never even thought of that, yeah. So sometimes you have to think ahead, thinking, God, I'm not going to be able to replicate this live because it isn't how I am physically stood. Also, you can sing faster than your hand can move sometimes. <laughs> so once I recorded a song in studio, and when I'm doing vocal records for Hacker, because I generally lip sync the songs on the shoot, because um, I do most, multiple passes. Yeah. So it's easier to edit that way. But um, I always record the songs, and I never take the puppet in, obviously, because I'm not mad. <laughs> but then you think, God, when you get to studio a few weeks later to lip sync this, you think, my bloody hell, that's faster than I remember it. I can't move my hand to the speed of the can-can. <laughs> I did a song about the news once to the tune of the can-can, and it was mad. It took ages to record. And they had yeah. to piece it together out of loads of takes. When, when you're lip syncing to it with your hand, you're thinking, bloody hell, my hand doesn't go that fast. <laughs> so sometimes it's good to have the puppet with you, or at least do the lip sync with your hand as you record, and then you know your own speed. <laughs> that must be completely bizarre for people recording, watching you as you, you're trying to do it. And it you're is moving the first time, yeah. Like a maniac. <laughs> Do you write most of the songs or all the songs? No, I don't write anything ever. 
Oh right, so there's, there's no so even in interviews and stuff, you say you're never going prepared. Do you you make up and ad lib the the interviews? But interviews you, are generally all ad libbed, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, I'm usually given a few pointers by the team, basically of who the hell I'm dealing with because I don't yeah. know who they are mostly. Yeah. So I'll be given a name, a couple of stats possibly, and then I'll just bluff around it with rubbish about meat paste. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were working with Ian, had you had you met Ian before? No, we both started on the same day. He's from Scotland, I'm from Wigan, so we never met. Yeah. He auditioned with a different puppet and I auditioned with a different presenter. Right, okay, but you were hacker from the off. I was hacker from the off, yeah. Yeah. So we but we both got the job at the same time. We both started on the same day. We met each other on the same day, and a couple of days later we started recording. We started filming the links. We weren't live straight away. Yeah, um, but we got on straight away, and we had the same sense. You know, we're both obsessed with stand-up comedy. We both had the, our favourite comics were the same: Stuart Lee and Richard Herring and people like that. Yeah, so we had a shorthand in the sense that we knew each other's sense of humour really well, and that's why I think it worked so well straight away. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It, it, they don't always work well straight away. Things like that because yeah. you're just thrown together. You've no prior chemistry. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's one of those things that you, you can tell straight away, can't you, when it's two people yeah. that genuinely get along straight away. Um, yeah, it's sink or swim sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's also quite um, quite impressive that they, you auditioned with someone else and so did Ian, and then they just went, right, well, these are the two we want. It's quite a dangerous thing to do as well. It without... is a risk. It's, it's madness, really, if you think about it. They don't do that now. No. And the good thing was, so I'd moved from Wigan to London, didn't right. know a soul in the city. Ian moved from Glasgow to London, didn't know a soul in the city. So we both got a flat together and we basically spent every waking hour together. We were either at work, we were filming, we were in the BBC bar or we were in the flat. Yeah. So that honed the act, I think, really quickly by just being only knowing each other in the city. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Do you find yourself, because this is what I do when I'm learning voices, do you find yourself walking around in some of your characters that you have? Always, always do it. Still do it. You've got to keep yourself sharp, especially if you're doing characters that you don't do very often on telly. You've got yeah. to remind you because you never know when they're going to be called upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine Hacker's one of the ones that you don't do around the house very much because you do him every day. Well, exactly. Yeah, I never, I never think about him really. <laughs> I, I use him every day, but I often remember. I often try to recall to um, remind myself how Wolf speaks or. Um, the hideous cat or any of the other characters. How do you feel about that hacker, knowing that Phil doesn't even think about you? I'm furious, and I'm going to write to my ombudsman. Post haste. <laughs> I want to. I want him out of this job. I'm sick of it. Stupid, and it's boring. That last bit was boring. You'd be cutting that out as well, copper. Well, what would you like to talk about, hacker? Me more. <laughs> me, I mean, fantastic career in show business. <laughs> what made you get into show business, hacker? I thought it'd be easy and good money. And by Jingo, I was right. <laughs> were you always going to be in show business? Well, when you're a talking dog, there's not much else you can do apart from be dead showbiz, is it? <laughs> I started off as a yellow coat in Wigan Holiday Park and I progressed from there. <laughs> so who were, your, who were your dog idols growing up, Hacker? I'm a big fan of... Um, I'm a big fan of me. <laughs> Nobody else is as good as me. You're never in better company than when you're with me and a mirror. <laughs> so you, you're not a fan of Scooby-Doo, Lassie, Beethoven, none of those guys? They're the rubbish, aren't they? None of them can talk proper. <laughs> Scooby-Doo just goes... <laughs> we can all do that, cocker. <laughs> he wouldn't be doing 12 years of live television if he could only do that, would he? 
and Beethoven did a couple of rubbish films, and Lassie's dead. <laughs> is he? That, that is true, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Rubbish. Lassie is dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert for those of you that haven't... Uh... For those of you who don't know, Lassie is long perished. <laughs> so what do you like now, to do? Now, I notice you've got, um, you've got a padded walls there. Is there anything you want to tell me? Uh, yes, I, I, well, I'm, I'm speaking to, to a puppet hacker, so... Uh... That, that will explain it. I'm only saying I recognise some of the foam. <laughs> I think yeah. that's my uncle. <laughs> yeah, your uncle disappeared and he's on my wall. That's and he's now on your wall. Yeah, that could be him as the windsock. <laughs> what do you like to do in your spare time, hacker? What do you like to do? I like to be mithered and do podcasts for free. <laughs> well, what a coincidence. Well, exactly. That's why I appreciate this. It's a bit, I had nothing better on this morning. I've had nothing else better on since they cancelled Jeremy Kyle. Oh, were you a Jeremy Kyle fan? Yeah, I met Jeremy. I went to the audience of his show a couple of times. I'm a, I, was, I loved it. Yeah. Did you? What did you like about it? Was Jeremy nice to you? It was lovely to me, yeah. He always threw me a bone, you know. Because I work at the same studio as he did. My right. studio is upstairs at Media City, and he was downstairs. Oh, I see. So was was Dodge your full brother until you met Jeremy, and he told you he was your half Yeah, brother. we got the results on the Jeremy Carr special. They <laughs> <laughs> said, yeah, half brothers. But that'll do. It's better than now, isn't it? I'll have half a kidney then. <laughs> well, I mean, have you've you ever got... been to Media City? No, I've never been to Media City, no. You should go. It's good. I weren't there. If you come one day, I'll show you around. Oh, that'd be nice, Hacker. I'd, I'd appreciate that. My studio is HQ5, and next to HQ5 is HQ6, which is where Dodge works, because CBeebies. And HQ7 used to be Blue Peter, but now it is uh, match of the day, so they've made it into a big green screen studio with green ceiling and green floor. And that's where Gary Lineker works, and they superimpose the background in it, because it's all high tech. And downstairs is the big studios where they do... Um, uh, uh, sitcoms like Citizen Khan and they also do quiz shows there like that spinny round thing with Michael McIntyre and they do 8 out of 10 cats there and Countdown so there why aren't uh, you should be on 8 out of 10 cats hacker you show them I know I want to be in dictionary corner <laughs> mainly because there's a desk and I can hide behind it. <laughs> I did Pointless and I did the, I did uh, Mastermind but I want to go on The Chase as well because that's my favourite, The Chase. I like Anne Egerton. She's good. Is she your, she your favourite chaser? My favourite chaser, yeah. I like Anne Egerton. In fact, ideally, I want to go have a lunch with Sue Barker and Anne Egerton. Oh, like that would be a lunch and a half, wouldn't it? It would. I have met Bradley Walsh, you know. He said to me, you should go on The Chase. He took my phone number, but he never got back to me. Oh. If you're listening, Bradley Walsh, get me on The Chase, cocker. Yeah, I, th- I think you should. That could be, that could be the, 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 the award that you've been after. Exactly. I do watch it on the telly and I always get the questions right because I'm quite good at that sort of thing. So I want to be on it. If you're listening, Bradley Walsh, or anybody who works on the chase, get me on the chase, cocker. <laughs> I've got uh, one final question for you, Hacker T-Dog. Why is it? Who of your show business celebrity friends would you like to see on this podcast? Um, well, I've got loads of show business celebrity friends, but most of them wouldn't do it. So I've got an idea for one who probably would do it. And he's actually my dear friend in show business. And actually, I will say this, the nicest man in show business, Sean Williamson. Sean Williamson, yes. Yeah. Do you know him? 
Uh, I, I know of Sean. I've never met Sean. He would do this podcast. Sean Williamson is, a, he's been on the chase, in fact. So I can have a word with Sean about that. <laughs> he won the chase because he's very clever. <clears throat> he's got a book out about uh, quizzing. He's a very avid quizzer. Oh, I, I read about this. He's a, he's a very avid quizzer. Do you know what? He knows everything. I did, a, I did a show with him called Scoop, which was like a comedy drama show. And Sean played Digby Digworth. And I was his dog hacker because that's my name. Right. Because I'm very limited in my roles that I'm allowed to take. <laughs> I mean, um, during te- during filming, he was always giving us uh, trivia questions. He knows everything. <laughs> well, this is something, Hacker. Like, so your full name is Hacker T Dog. Is, is that right? Hacker T Dog, yes. Yes, but you're mostly known as Hacker. Like one name, like Prince or Madonna. I'm like, yeah, I'm like Prince. I'm like Sure. I'm like Elvis Presley. He had two names, but we know him as Elvis Presley, don't we? But if you don't put a space in it, Elvis Presley, it's one name. So it's the same. Sean Williamson's known as Sean Williamson. That's one word. Yeah. We say it fast enough, innit? You should send him a message on Instagram or Facebook. He'd do your podcast. Tell him I sent you. He's a lovely man. Nicest man in showbiz. I will do, Hacker. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much indeed. Do you know what the T stands for in my name, by the way? I would, I would guess the... Correct. Oh, thank you. That that's one that step would closer. Be a question on the chase. <laughs> once you know, hey, would you believe this? I watch the chase every day, and I want to go on it. Right, I might have mentioned that, but one day I was watching it, and I was a question on it. Were you? Yeah, Bradley Walsh asked Paul Sinha in the final chase, "What sort of animal is CBBC character Hacker?" And Paul Sinha said, "A cow." So it went over to the other team, and they said, "No, he's a dog," and it pushed them back. Well. Everyone should know he who Hacker is. a cow. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm not a cow, am I? I'm a Bordetarian. I'm not, I'm not a cow. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cow. <laughs> well, Hacker, cow, thank you I'm very a... much for coming on the Cal Albert podcast. The cow habit. <laughs> <laughs> It was your when you were on Britain's Got Talent. Who was you up against? Who were we up against? Um, I, I don't know because we we didn't win, so we paid no attention to it. I joined the club, Doc, <laughs> and that's why me and you get on so well. <laughs> well. Thank you for coming on the show, Hacker. I really My appreciate pleasure. it. I will listen to it when it goes out. Tell me when, though, because I don't want to catch any of the other ones by mistake. <laughs> Thank you, Hacker. Bye-bye, Cal. Bye, Hacker. Bye-bye. And Phil, bye. Phil, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you, Cal. I enjoyed that. It was any excuse to talk rubbish for an hour. <laughs> I'm always a fan. And I do recommend getting Sean on it because he's a great bloke and lovely value and a lovely man. Oh, I will do. I will do. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I'm sorry that you've had to drag Hacker along. I know he's a bit of a chore. He, oh, he gets on my nerves. But I'll, say, <laughs> I'll put an invoice into someone. Somebody will recom- recompense me for this. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. (laughs) Thank you, Cal. Good luck. And enjoy your life. The Cal Halbert Podcast. And there you go. I told you it was a belter of a show. Oh, Hacker the Dog, the Diva. (laughs) We even got the Sue Barker song. What more could you possibly want? A big, big thank you to Hacker T-Dog and Phil Fletcher for coming on the show. If you enjoyed the show, please, uh, please, please, please like, share and subscribe. And if you can, give us five stars. I mean, you don't have to. I'm not your dad. But it would be great if you gave us five stars. It really helps us out. See you next time. (laughs) 
The Cal Halbert Podcast. You've been listening to a Calvert Media production.